0: Is God good? Come on, is God good? You feel the presence of God in this place? Who loves the presence of God? It's like we were one place in Uganda. It was a mud floor, corrugated iron walls. But the people there, we just loved God. And as they worshipped and sang, it's like the presence of God came in that place. It's like we were standing there and we just kind of didn't know what to do. And then uh, came home and a couple of weeks later, we are at music practice. Who was in music practice this week. And uh, we just went unplugged, you know, a bit of Eric Clapton unplugged. And we're standing here worshipping and the presence of God came so thick and so strong. It's like, oh, what do we do now? Who's been... It's like that's what we're you're made for that. You're made to not only encounter his presence in his life, but then have that life work in and through you so that then through you he touches others. God is so good. I want you to turn your Bibles to the to the book of First Samuel. Chapter seventeen, who loves David? And who loves the David of the Bible as well? <laughs> Hey, who's seen the who's seen the uh, who's seen the movie Ants? It was on TV last night, actually. If you've got children, and uh, who loves that movie? Okay, this is the story. Okay, it's a cartoon. Who loves cartoons? Good, good. Cartoons are straight from heaven. They've got to be. This, uh, this story Ants is it's a story about amazingly enough an ant, and this ant his name is Z. Okay, everybody say Z. Z. Okay, and it starts off, and here's this ant, and he's sitting, uh, he's lying back in a reclining chair talking to a psychologist, and he's got these struggles. He's just struggled so much, just you know, getting up and, and just going and doing the same thing every day and working with everybody else. And, and when they dance, they all dance the same. And when they work, they all work the same. And then it's like get up, go down. It's like the same routine every day. And he said, maybe it's because of my childhood. You know, I had a bit of a troubled background. Uh, I, was, uh, I was sort of born in a large family. Were, I was, and I was sort of in the middle of five million. And I didn't really know my father. He sort of flew off. And and my mother, I wasn't very close to her. You know, she was just passing on more babies. It's like, how many of us feel like that? But the thing is, he's talking away and he goes, it's just, I don't know what it is. I just, don't even talk about work. He says, i I got this feeling. It's just like, I'm insignificant. And the the psychologist goes, excellent. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, you worked it out. What it is? What, What do you mean? He goes, you're insignificant. And then the movie starts. But the movie is about this guy named Z, this ant called Z. And he has something inside him that knows that life is more than, life's got to be more than just building an anthill. Life's got to be about more than just getting up, going to work, then, then doing the next thing. Life's got to be far more than that. And he goes off. And you know what? He discovers purpose. And he goes and he saves the whole ant hill, and he gets right to the end, and this big bad general ant, and he's just about to, the bad ant's just about to kill him, and he comes and popping up through, and this bad general ant says to Z, "Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are?" You know, the devil has a plan to intimidate you. He wants to make you feel little, insignificant. He wants you to just toe the party line to follow the same as everybody else. But I want to tell you tonight that God has destined you for greatness. Turn to your neighbor and say, God has destined you for greatness. In that movie, it touches something in the heart of every person that I was destined for something far greater than a rat race. That I was destined for something far greater than just following lemmings over a hill to be destroyed. You know, Satan has got a plan to destroy the world, but you are God's answer. You're destined for purpose, for greatness, for greatness. You weren't designed just to suck oxygen and then die. God designs you with a plan and a purpose in mind. It's like the Bible says right from the beginning that you were made... In the image and likeness of God, the Creator. You are made like God. That He took you and He placed you in the earth. And He gave you a mandate to tend and keep it. It's like each one of us, we're design built. I am purpose built. I am designed in the image of my God. He's placed me on this planet. Not to just suck oxygen and die. But to live a life that influences people. Live a life that makes a difference. Live a life that that cannot be ignored. Because I'm significant. You are significant. You're sitting in this place, not because you're just another byproduct of evolution, but you're designed by a creator with a purpose, with a mandate to come and into this place and change lives. Did you know that you are God's answer for the situation that you live in? You are God's answer for the situation that you live in. And just like Z, it's like everything out was out to get him to try and intimidate him, to try and shut him down. It's like, who do you think you are, Z, to rise up and think you could change the world? Who do you think you are, Anna, to think that you could lead a worship team? I mean, who do you think you are to, to think that you'd make a difference in your school? But God's plan, you see, Adam, God placed in a garden just like adam was placed in a garden god placed you in new zealand god placed you in the hook's bay god placed you in your school god placed you in your workplace in your community god placed you in this church god placed you in your family and he said i give you a mandate i want you not only you're not designed not just designed to to be there to exist but you're designed to tend and keep, that means to protect it. To protect it from what? To protect it from everything that would seek to come in and destroy, divert, distract, and destroy the attention that God has. Everything that would come against that and seek to undermine or erode God's plans for your situation, God has put you there and given you a mandate and empowered you to stand up and say, stops with me, buddy. And so we see a great example of that in the Bible, of this guy named David. So we look in the Bible and we, and we see David. And in, in chapter 17, it talks about David. He was, a, he was just a boy. Have we got any uh, boys here? Have we got any uh, wives? Have we got any boys here? Oh, come on now. Come on now. He was a boy. It said he was youthful. It's like he liked a bit of fun. He was ruddy. You know, the acne was still coming out. It's, it's like he still had the, the, the zit on his nose. and this. It's like he's still, like still struggling to shave. He had this bit of fluff. They said he was youthful and ruddy. They said he was the youngest of eight sons. And that's a big family. And if you're the youngest, you feel insignificant. You think, oh. I mean, everybody else has gone off and, you know, his older brother's, you know, he's one of the key guys in the army and and it ranks down and then there's David. You know, so much so that they throw a party for an important person and they just leave David out looking after the sheep. I mean, how would you feel? You know, queen comes to town or, you know, it's great things happening in town and and it's like, oh, David, actually, uh, we forgot to invite you and you're one of the family. How would you feel? So we've got this guy, David, but... He was different. He carried something different. He had a life about him because he knew something about it. It's like it says this. It comes to this day, and and, uh, David's brothers are in the army, and they're fighting the Philistines. And so David's father, Jesse, comes to David and says, Hey, Dave, hey, I want you to come over here. Um, I've got some cheese, and I've got some bread, and I want you to take that to your brothers. So David, being the good son that he is, he figures, Oh, yeah, okay then, Dad. And so he cruises off, and he takes this cheese and this bread to battle, but he was actually sent to the battle. You're catching that? He was actually sent to, he didn't, he thought he was just taking bread and cheese, but he was sent to the battle. Do you know, you are sent to a battle. You're sent to a battle. You're sent to your situation, your workplace, your community, your environment, and it's a battle. It's a battle between good and evil. It's a battle between right and wrong. And you know what is right, because God has placed His Spirit inside of you. And you don't even know it sometimes, but God has sent you to where you are. And it's a battle, and He's put in your hand the things that you will need to overcome. Because God has destined you for greatness. God has destined you for dominion. He's placed something inside of you that is not happy with average. It's like we've got a, a school system today that it's like, you know, as long as you just pass... As long as you just you know you just do okay, then that's okay in life. But that's not good enough. That's not pursue excellence, be the best that you can be, because there's something inside you that will not accept anything less than that, unless I give myself to all that I could be. Or do I just withdraw and say, Oh yeah, that's that's okay. And just never be satisfied in life. It says this number one that he was sent to the battle, and he goes along to the battle and he drops the cheese off. And he thinks, I want to see a bit of action. So he goes to the front line. And he hears of this guy named Goliath. And Goliath's kind of this big hulking, three meters tall, sort of slightly bigger than me. But just like this massive, big, hulking dude with huge, big spear, huge, big shield. And he comes out and he says, I defy the armies of Israel. Choose a man. Come on and bring it on. Come on, fight me! It's like the WWF wrestling. He said, "Come on!" He's talking it up. He's talking it up like Mike Tyson just on his recent fight. I told her about that. It's like we don't worry about that. And and he's just talking it up. And and he's like, "Come on, come on, fight me!" And he says, when he spoke, it's like all the Israelite soldiers were intimidated, and they freaked out and they'd withdraw. And so. Here's David. He's this 17-year-old young guy coming up. It's like, here's a bit of action. Comes to the front line, and he hears what's going on, and he goes, wow, you know, who is this guy? It says this, in verse. I think it's about verse 28. Verse 26, it says, see, David's come up. He's brought the cheese and the bread, dropped it off. He's run to the front line. He's heard this guy, Goliath, speaking and saying, yeah, come on, fight me, come on, beating his chest. And he says this, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Who is he? Who does he think he is? You see, he was sent to the battle. Not only that, but he heard. He heard Goliath defying. He heard Goliath coming in and saying, I want to rip your head from your body. I'm going to chuck your carcasses to the birds of the air. I'm going to rule over you. You're going to serve me. And something on the inside of him rose up and said, this is not right. This is not right. Just like when Jesus came in the New Testament, he walks into the temple, and this is a temple supposed to be where the presence of God is, and people worship loving God, and it's full of these people with their businesses, and, and with chickens, and, and with pigeons. And so Jesus sits down, and he starts to make a whip, and it's something rises up in the side of him, because he saw and he heard, this is not right. You know, how do you respond? When you see something that's not right in your school, maybe you heard about the Civil Union Bill and you think, oh, yeah, well, whatever. Or does something rise up inside of you and say, this is not right. This Goliath's got to get out of here. Maybe something rises up in you when you hear about the Homosexual Law Reform Bill and you say, this is not right. This is not good for our country. You hear some of the things going on in our schools, and you say, this is not right. This is not good. Some of you youth in your school, and you, and you hear someone that's being picked on. And you say, hang on a moment. This is not right. This is not good. Just like David, something raised up, up within him. He said, this is not good. Who does this guy think he is defying, defying what God intended? And we see this. You see, Satan knows that you've got to plant knows that you've got a purpose he knows that God's intention is that that you not just live but that you overcome not that you just cruise through life but God's got a plan and a purpose for you and that's not just to suck oxygen and die it's about living a life to the fullness of what he's got which is overcoming every obstacle that comes against you but see Satan knows that so if he can get you to believe anything less than that Then he's got a victory. If he can distract you, if he can divert you, if he can then destroy you, who destroy the purpose that God has got intended for you. Does it make sense? And the way one of the ways he does that is by intimidation. You see, we see, and it's like just in David's life, there's three examples, three attacks of intimidation. Firstly, David comes up and he says, Who does this guy think he is defying God? And And he's going, What's going to be done for the guy that beats him? And uh, they tell him, You're going to get gold and the glory. and, And it's like, And the girl. And you think, Oh, this is pretty cool. So he thinks, Well, and he goes and asks somebody else just to make sure that it's true. And then he goes and asks somebody else just to make sure it's still true. And he's thinking, You know, look what? That's the king's daughter, you know, the really good looking one, the one with the long hair. And yeah. And he's just going, Well, I'm into this because he had a perspective that was different. But the first obstacle, the first intimidation came from his oldest brother, his friend, his family. And he says, his brother says this. Let's read it out. says this in verse 28. says, Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, Why did you come here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride... And your insolence of heart, for you have come down to see the battle. What's he saying? He's saying, who do you think you are? David, who do you think you are coming down here? You don't belong here. You're actually just full of pride. He just accuses him. Who do you think you are? He's trying to intimidate. Firstly, first thing he does is intimidate to try and accuse, to try and get David to withdraw. But what does David say? Is there not a cause? Older brother, friend, you miss the point altogether. Is there not a cause? Can't you see that someone's trying to destroy our nation? Can't you see that someone's trying to destroy our family? Can't you see that someone's trying to destroy our life? Is there not a cause to stand up and say, who does this guy think he is? Let's not get worried about how it's done, but, Who who does this guy think he is? Is there not a cause? The second thing, it's like, because David just ignores it and moves on, and and we see that word word gets back to King Saul. And so Saul sort of summons this this young guy, and and David comes up to King Saul. and, And then Saul says this. He says, David says to Saul in verse 32, Let no man's heart fall because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. He says, don't worry about it. I'm here. It's going to be okay. I may be 17. I may look young. But it's okay. I'm here now. We're going to be sorted out. Look, everybody, just stay cool. It's okay, King. I'm the man. Is that good? Come on now. You you enjoying this? And so he rocks on up. and, And King Saul says this. Intimidation number two. Intimidation two is... Is names and words that actually hurt us. He says this. Saul says this, and Saul said to David, "You are not able. You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are just a youth. You're just a boy. You're just a kid. And you know what? This guy Goliath, he's been fighting since he was a youth. Not only are you just a kid, just a little boy. You know, it's like, come on, you like know, go back to your." Go back to your sheep. Go back to playing your harp. Come on now. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are to think that you could make a difference in this place? Come on. Come on. Who do you think you are? You know, we say that thing, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You know what? I know words can kill you. And I went through a place about 10 years ago and I thought, right. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to make a difference. You know, I I believe that God's put a purpose in my life and this was a big farm and there were 20 guys and I was just one of that 20 and all of them are unsaved and pretty much going their own way and I thought, no, God, I want to stand up and I want to make a difference in this place. So I was stupid enough. Maybe you're zealous, maybe a little bit lacking of wisdom or I thought, right, now it was the easiest way. So I put my Bible, bang, bang out on the desk and bunking with this uh with a second year cadet and i thought sweet ass you know it's like i'm just gonna do this and you know what over those two years we used to have a bit of fun and and we have a great time i had a great time and but there were times when we'd have what's called a packing so uh where the thing is my life was different my life stood up for something different. And I, it's like I wouldn't step back down from who I was. And so what that did is that intimidated them. And that made them jealous, especially when I was getting all these prizes. And so what we used to have is we'd have what's called a packing. Where you'd have nine guys onto one. And it'd be kind of a play fight. And that was great. You know what? I actually quite enjoyed that because I could hold my own. But it was more than that. There were words spoken. There were names called and that was what hurt me the most it's like I could handle the physical side of it but it was the words that actually lodged in my soul you know you're just a dog you're just a loser and a reject I mean who do you think you are and those words actually lodged in my soul so much so that 10 years later I met one of those guys and he called me that same name and something inside me reacted I thought far out those words 10 years ago actually are still there and doing some so i had this sort of get on my face and my wife actually said come on you just you still got issues you need to deal with it as your wife does but i thought far out you know words affect us especially when they're spoken from a friend or spoken from someone in authority. Many of us have been situations. And you've had people speak into your life. There's people here tonight. And I know that you've had words spoken into your life. And it's like it's been something that's just lodged in your soul. And it's no matter what you do. You just can't seem to get away from this. It's like this, there's these words locked in. And it's like every time you try and rise up. It's like this, this part in you that's just crippled. That's just broken. And it's like this thing growing inside you. What I want to tell you tonight is your night, because you can get set free. Is that right? Can someone say, yeah, tonight? Yeah. So number two is he, he was intimidated by the words and the names. But this is how he responded. He said, he said this, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose after me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. You know what? Who here has fought a bear or a lion before? Who here? Who here a real one. <laughs> Married one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. You know, who's seen that program on TV? The Lion Man. Okay, and, and you see this guy. Now, he's a friend. He's got, you know, quite a good relationship with his lion. But you see... He's very, very careful around that because he knows one swipe out of the way and he's out of here. You know, this David encountered this this King Saul and he said, Hang on a moment, I've got a testimony. I've already fought a lion and a bear and one. Now we think, oh yeah, I could have done that. But hang on a moment. A bear, two hundred kilos. One swipe and you're dead. So here we've got we've got David and he's looking after a sheep, this lion this bear comes and takes a sheep and so he thinks i'll bring it on so he goes after it he he says he strikes the bear and then he takes the sheep and then the bear comes after him and he says he goes and he grabs the bear by its hair and strikes it and kills it now is that a bit of a story or what how would he do that you see david knew something he knew that he had a mandate by God because he was placed here he was placed in that wilderness with those sheep and his commandment was to actually look after the sheep and if God's commanded you and put you in a place he's going to empower you to do all that he's called you to do you see he was, it was no way in his own power to better beat a, a lion or beat a bear but he knew that if God's put me in this place to keep these sheep then not one sheep is going to go missing Does that make sense? Not one sheep. And so he goes after this, and the power of God came upon him, and he destroyed the lion, and he destroyed the bear. And he said that same power, that same anointing that came on me back then is going to come on me again to meet this Goliath. You know, how do we overcome? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We even said this morning, many of us have had victories in the past. We don't look at the failures. We look at the victories. God's come through for me in the past. He'll come through for me in the future. He's given me a mandate and a command to tend and keep, to look after what I've got. And so I'm going to do it because His power is on me to do that. You know, I was in, when I was in Uganda, I, I thought, I came back and I was thinking, and it's, it's like I was praying, and suddenly I had this thought, who do I think I am to better to go and speak to these pastors and leaders? And then I, it's like and immediately this thought came into my head the same story. It's like, have I not called you? Have I not chosen you? If I'd, if I'd withdrawn or pulled back, then the power of God wouldn't have flown and touched people. If you withdraw or pull back, then you shut off from what God wants to do and you miss out on what God intended. Does that make sense? So the Satan's got a plan to dis- intimidate and to distract you. The third thing, is like David finally, King Saul believes him and he says, okay, go for it. So he goes out and he says he goes out to fight Goliath and then it says in Goliath, once he finally, once David gets close enough so that he can actually see that it's a human being, he sees this and he says, So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. You see, the third thing in this the way intimidates you. He'll try and he'll say to you, he'll challenge your authority. Who do you think you are? By what power do you come you seriously think that you could step up from that seat and start a word of knowledge that people would respond? Who do you think you are to step up here and think that, that people would respond to you? Who do you think that you are when, uh, when you stand up that the power of God will flow? He'll challenge your authority. He'll challenge your ability. Come on, who do you think you are to preach? Who do you think you are to make any difference in your school? Who do you think you You're not able to do that. And the third thing is, he'll challenge your appetite. Come on. It says, Philistine said to, to David, he said, I'm going to rip you apart. So he challenged his, are you sure you really want to do this? Come on. Are you sure you want to do this? You see, he's trying to intimidate him, causing him to back down. But what did David do? He said that something rose up inside of David. And he said, you come at me with a sword and a spear and a javelin. But you see, I come against you. You see, you define me. You think you define me, but you actually not define me. You define God because I represent Him. Just, just back then when I was, I was tending and keeping those sheep, and that, and that bear came and that lion came, that lion and that bear was defying God because I've got a God-given mandate to protect and keep what I've got. And so he says, you come at me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the God of the armies of Israel, the Lord of hosts. Whom you have defied. You haven't defied me, you've defied him, so you better look out. It's just like Mike was saying, Pastor Mike this morning. It's like this guy David Hogan that's gonna come and preach to us. He was held up with a gun to his head and said and said, Come on, you've got to renounce who you are or I'm gonna shoot you. And he says to him, What, you trying to scare me with heaven? It's like he had a different perspective. Who do you think you are? You're defying God. And he says, this is what I'm going to do. So he makes a bold declaration of who he is, of the authority that he has, and what he's going to do. He says, I'm going to cut your head from you. I'm going to feed the carcasses of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God. That all the earth may know that there is a God in my family, Hastings, New Zealand. That all the earth may know that there is a God in Amy's school. That all the earth may know that there is a God in your workplace because you choose to stand up and you choose to say, I'm not going to be intimidated by what's going on in this place because my God is able. You see, there's three things that David knew. Why, Why was it that David could overcome? Firstly, he knew who he was. He said, I'm a servant of the Most High God. I actually don't live for myself. I live for Him. And as I live for Him, then His power comes on my life. Second thing, he knew his purpose. He knew he was designed for dominion. He was placed in that land. He had a revelation of who he was. I'm, I'm called of God to be in this place for this purpose to make a difference. I'm called to be here in this workplace, in this school, in this church, in this family to make a difference. And these things that are coming against me, God has called me to rise up and to protect and keep it. He knew his purpose. God has given you a purpose to make a difference. And the third thing is he knew the power behind the purpose. He knew God. says the Bible says that they then know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. He knew that it wasn't by his strength that he beat the Goliath. He knew that it wasn't by his strength that he beat the lion. And it wasn't by his strength that he beat the bear. But it was by the Spirit of God coming upon him and empowering him to do something that was beyond himself. You know what? Every time that we step up and step out, something beyond ourselves, the power of God comes. You know, tonight, the first thing that we need to do is to come in a relationship with Jesus Christ. I wonder if there's anybody here, and you say, the first thing that, oh, I don't know Jesus Christ. I don't. I don't have a relationship with this guy. I, I don't even know. I, I don't even know him. And you say, I want to come into a relationship with this man, Jesus Christ. i I may have heard about him, I may have heard, heard all these different things about him, but I don't know him. If that's you tonight and you say, I want to know this Jesus Christ, who you're talking about, I want you to put your hand up. If that's you tonight. Say, I want to meet this Jesus. I want to come to know this Jesus Christ that you're talking about. If that's you tonight, I want you to quickly put your hand up. That's me tonight. Is anyone here tonight? Say, that's me. You know, the second thing is, is there's many of us that, unlike David, when the intimidation that's come, we've actually backed off. We know that there's a part inside us that has actually withdrawn and it's shut down. And we just we wish we could look back to past success and past victory. But we know that all we can remember is this past failure. And all I can think of is, is the words that have come and, and hurt and destroyed me. All I can think of as I've been talking tonight is, is these words that have actually come and they've lodged in my soul. You know, if that's you tonight, tonight's your night. Because God has designed you. With a purpose to make a difference. And it doesn't matter what you've gone through, it doesn't matter how difficult it has been for you. My God can restore. Not only does He restore, but He heals on the inside out. And then He causes us to arise. You know, one of the things that I've battled the most with in my life is insecurity, is being able to stand up in front of people and boldly declare who I am but i know if god can restore and change and grow me then god can touch anybody i know there's many people here tonight and as i've been speaking it's like you know it's like there's something inside you that says that's me i've been intimidated i've backed off i've i've lost sight of what i'm here for because there's something that's lodged in my soul. Maybe you're here tonight and there's been authority figures that have spoken words that have really hurt you and they have lodged inside you. You're just a reject. You're just an idiot. Who do you think you could be? Well, I want to tell you tonight's your night. We're going to stand up. We're going to sing this song. And I know the presence of God is here tonight to change and set you free. I want you to quickly come to the front. Don't wait for say like now's the time but say God I want to be set free because I want to be your man your woman in this place I hear what you're saying I hear what you're saying tonight and I respond to you let's stand and sing